This is a public service announcement. Please keep in mind that most of what you see on social media, particularly Facebook, is not factually true. My name is Dustin, and this is the Drive Home from T- Drive Home with Timothy. Timothy is here producing the show as always, and it is elect- post-election Friday, uh, three days since everybody turned in their ballots, and we still do not know definitively who the president is. Um, we do know who won, but we don't know yet... We haven't been officially told who won, and we don't know just what lengths uh, Cheeto Fingers' amber waves of gray and hair is going to go to in terms of temper tantrums and lawsuits to hold on to the power that he has fought so hard to get and will probably not give up without a horrible fight that I'm predicting is going to end in a January standoff on the White House lawn between one senile, old, decrepit horror show and another one who will be fighting hopefully to the death uh, on the White House lawn. Whoever wins will go in and occupy the White House for a number of days until he dies of natural causes and then we will all move on and just be ruled by the lizard people who've been behind the scenes the whole time. But the point is the, the information from Facebook is not reliable. So when you see something sort of outrageous on Facebook... Before you like or share or comment on it or before you bring it up in polite conversation and make other people listen to it, maybe do a little bit of fact check online and see how true it seems to be before you spread it around. So this week um, there was some contention about Arizona and the Sharpie thing, Sharpie gate, where Trump supporters were being given Sharpies and Biden supporters were being given ballpoint pens. I don't know exactly how Arizona was able to tell the difference between the two. I suspect it has something to do with neck tattoos and mullets and and old pickup trucks and tank tops. And I know that I'm, I apologize to Trump supporters because I know not all of you fit that description. But as Benjamin Franklin said, not every Trump supporter is a neck tattoo, tank top wearing mullet head but every neck tattoo, tank top wearing mullet head is a Trump supporter. So the stereotype does at least have some foundation to it. The point is Arizona came out afterwards and said, hey, listen, actually Sharpies work in these machines. So yeah, we did hand out Sharpies and those votes were counted. So, um, but somebody apparently saw a vote that didn't look like it was counted by the machine and the vote happened to be in Sharpie. And then she ran out and told everybody that Sharpies are not counted and that went on Facebook and everybody shared it. Um, here's the real test though. If you go, if you, if you go to the places that their readership would love that story, like Fox News, Fox News didn't really, that would be front page on Fox News, right? If a swing state had its electoral votes cast fraudulently because of Sharpies, Fox News would not shut up about this for the rest of time. Fox News has been relatively quiet about Sharpiegate. There was also the thing about, I think it was either Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, one of those states that doesn't matter because it's so cold up there. Um, it's, it's kind of a bummer that those people get to decide elections in the swing states, the blue wall, they say up there, because we don't trust you people. Like you, if you, if you were trustworthy, you would live in a better place. Minnesota, are you kidding me? <sighs> Shout out to all our listeners in Minnesota, by the way. Uh, but that in one of those states up there, there were more voters than there were registered voters. There were like 3.2 million votes cast and like 3.1 million registered voters. So they're like, well, somebody's voting a whole bunch of times. Turns out there were actually 3.6 million voters and 3.2 million votes. So 
they it was there was no there was nothing but on facebook they said it was a problem so everybody just kind of ran with it the point is maybe do a little bit of fact checking before you just spread misinformation this is how rumors get started and i know there are some of you screaming right now into your phones being like listen you told me last week this is a storytelling podcast and you're not going to get political well guess what i can do both and if you're going to get upset with me and come here and tell me how to run the show that's timothy's job and frankly he sucks at it so we need one less producer not one more if you want to say in what goes out over these airwaves start your own podcast don't come here and try to ruin mine um but actually, I did bring a little story. I don't even know if it's a story. It's more just sort of a series of facts about a story that you already know. It's about my favorite president, George Washington. I was waiting to see if some of you were going to be like, he's going to say Bush. He's going to say George W. Bush. No, George Washington, favorite president, arguably did more for the independence of our nation than anybody else and was reluctantly a leader. I say reluctantly because he was pretty pumped up about fighting the revolution. Uh, but once it was done, that dude just ran back to Mount Vernon and he was like, I'm going to grow tobacco and I'm going to fight them engines and I'm going to be super nice to my slaves because I'm a pretty nice guy and that's the best I can do. And it was really, I mean, the, the, our, our young little nation was really in turmoil and all of the people who were trying to lead were like, we need a heavy hitter up here to run things for a while. And they begged George Washington to come. He did. He eventually almost reluctantly ran for office and won. And he served for four years. Hold on. Drink break. Drink break. I'm getting a dry throat here. By the way, I apologize for the chronic sexy voice today. I have a little bit of tickle in my throat. So, uh, if, uh, if if you're hearing a little bit of, hey, girl, what's up, in my voice, that is not intentional. I'm sorry if I've gotten people all hog wild, hot and bothered over here. I'm just trying to do my job. Um, but George Washington served for four years, and then he wanted to quit. He wanted to be done. He was like, we're going to do four-year terms, and you serve for four years, and then you get the hell out of here. But there was still so much turmoil, and the people basically begged him to stay, and he stayed for four more years. And so after eight years, by the way, during these four years, this guy left a lot of power on the table. In fact, Congress wanted to wanted to call the president his highness or his majesty, or there was, there was like his royal highness the president or something. And he was like, no, 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 no. Mr. President will be fine. And in a letter to somebody, I think it was like James Madison or one of those other people that's in the Hamilton play, uh, he, he said something like, whatever we do for me, we're going to do for everybody. So I'm being very, very careful here because if they're going to call me your highness, then they're going to call some idiot in 300 years your highness. I mean, we would have your highness Mr. Trump right now or your highness royal jelly Trump. I don't know. So you can see all the you can see what he did by kind of scaling it back. He knew that there we were going to have bad presidents. We've had a string of them lately and we've got a string of them in our future. He didn't want them to have too much power. Now that's all been undone now because we're making the presidency more and more powerful. But the I think the most important thing he did, most important thing that my favorite president ever did was leave. And it was the whole, teach him how to say goodbye, right? If you've seen this, if if you don't know, now you know, Mr. President. Um, 
it was the the country still needed him. The people still wanted him to stay. After eight years, he said, no, eight years is the max. That's as far as we're going to go. He selfishly wanted to go back to Mount Vernon and just continue to farm, where eventually he would be killed by a common cold. That's true. Well, the cold didn't kill him, but his doctor came out and did some bloodletting where you basically just cut somebody open and let all the bad blood out. Turns out the bad blood was actually what was keeping him alive, and he died. Um, We've come a long way. But the point is, he didn't want the power. When they gave him power, they wanted to basically make him a monarch for life and a dictator, and he said no. And And then when they wanted him to extend his power, he said no, and he left. Now, in in contrast to that, we now have a president who will refuse to leave. He's been laying the groundwork for months, and I know some of you are turning this off right now because this narrative has been going and you're sick of it, but he's been laying the groundwork for months saying, if I lose, it's because of fraud, and I'm not going to leave without a fight. That is the most dangerous, terrifying thing that a president can do. This is how dictators are made. This is why Vladimir Putin has been in power in Russia for the last 81 years, because of rigging elections, and when the election doesn't go your way, then you accuse the the electoral process of being fraudulent, and you say, screw it, I'm not leaving. Now, I'm not saying that the other side is innocent. By the way, if you're if you're looking at the two options that we just had to choose between. I hope you're upset at both sides. How can you not be upset at the Democrats to be like, listen, you got four years. You had four years to put together a better option than this, and you wheel out Fire Marshal Bill, who's been dead for centuries, and that's, the, that's who you want to take out. You've been complaining about Trump for four years, you got all this time to get your shit together and come with a real option, and this is what you bring? Shame on you. And if, you're, if you can look at the Republicans and be like, listen, you had four years to change people's minds. So many people hated Trump when he got in there. More hate him now. He's the most divisive president we've ever had, and the Republican establishment has done nothing to give a better option to, or to even improve the option that we had. So... If you're upset about the other side for winning the election, maybe the problem is your side that they didn't put together a better option, right, for what it's worth. Anyway, we now have two people who are fighting to get as much power as possible, and they will stay in there as long as possible, and they are the opposite of George Washington. So, I don't know where this leads us other than I think we should elect people against their will again. That's kind of what happened to George Washington. I think we should be able to just walk into Home Depot, pick out a manager who is fiscally responsible and knows how to manage laborers and knows how to speak without sounding retarded. And we should tell that guy to be president. He'll be like, I don't want to. I'd rather run Home Depot. And we're like, sorry, tough, Jonathan, you're the president now. And he's like, oh, crap. And we're like, well, okay, but at least it's only for four years. And he's like, okay, in four years I can go back to Home Depot. And you say, we'll see, Jonathan, we'll see. And then Jonathan does a great job and he goes back to Home Depot and then everybody's fine. I think that's better than what we have now. So next year, next year, next election, four years from now, I'm going to register to vote. I hope you will too. We're all just going to write in Jonathan from Home Depot. And I don't know how it's going to go, but I promise you it won't be worse than what's about to happen now. All right. I love you all. Bye.